As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We're back for the fourth quarter with Arizona leading Green Bay 28-17. Al Michaels here with you along with Chris Collinsworth. And this game has been a nightmare for the Packers, Chris. It really has. After losing their first three quarterbacks to injury, Green Bay is turning to a four-string back who I've never heard of. Mm. Jared Schleff has not taken a snap for Green Bay all year, but here he is in their biggest game of the season. Well, the playoffs is certainly where you'll find the most unlikely of heroes. Absolutely. Let's go down to the field where Schleff is in the shotgun. He takes the snap. Uh, folks, this is one of the worst injuries I've seen in my 40-year career. That's just devastating. I think watching that made me sick. Absolutely. No one should ever have to witness something that shocking. Let's see it again. Oh, my. I do pray for him. I do. Absolutely. Let me assure all the viewers at home that we are not going to subject you to that again from that angle. This new angle is much better. This is CGI or something. Yeah. Legs don't do that. And only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys? Indeed. Big revenge game for Watermelon Mike. Cowboys Packers. The game of the week on Sunday. Who's it going to be? Your Cowboys or the Aaron Rodgers led Packers? We'll discuss it all here on this preview edition of About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent producing. Welcoming three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got our stars and Cowboys beat writer here, Saad Youssef. We've got our Cowboys beat writer, as always, your father, John Mishota. And, of course, from the freak, from the speakeasy, it's Kevin KT Turner in the hosting chair. Hey, KT. Hello, Kent. Thank you very much. Uh, John, let's start out with a couple things. A, you were there for the very emotional Mike McCarthy moment in a press conference in which he was peppered with questions about his emotional return to Green Bay. But let's also talk about injuries. What's some tangible things that we have coming back for the Cowboys? Looks like we're on pace to get Zeke back. Uh, kind of catch us up as we record this on a Wednesday evening. For those of you listening uh, on the podcast side, of course, we're recording on Wednesday evening. So where are we at injury-wise, John? So Zeke was limited today. He was able to do some stuff, but he is back to having the knee brace on his right knee, which is what he ran with last year and uh, was not 
the same as Ezekiel Elliott. Now, this isn't the same injury as last year. Uh, this knee brace isn't the exact same one. It's actually a little bit smaller, he said, so it shouldn't be as restrictive, but still notable that, you know, he doesn't. He hasn't said for sure that he'll play Sunday, but everything points to him playing Sunday, and he probably won't be a hundred percent. But coming off the game that Tony Pollard had, I don't know if that's that worrisome. If, as far as the rest of the injuries for the Cowboys, most notably, did not practice was Anthony Barr with the hamstring, so that one will probably be come down to a game time decision. But outside of that, um, not a lot of really concern. I mean, there's players on the injury list, but almost all of them were full. Uh, participants, whereas you go over to that Packers injury list. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't practice today with the right thumb. Uh, you know, I mean, you got guys like Rashawn Gary looks like he's done. Won't be playing this game. Uh, Romeo Dobbs didn't practice. David Bakhtiari didn't practice. Uh, who else? Sammy Watkins, uh, Eric Stokes, uh, Preston Smith was limited. I mean, Alan Lazard was limited. Aaron Jones was limited. I mean, they're, they're beat up pretty bad over there. So, Cowboys coming off a bye. I think they're in, I think it's pretty safe to say they're in better shape than the Packers. Yeah. And that thumb for Aaron Rodgers is uh, way more concerning than I think has been talked about because there's so much uh, garbage fire going on with that team right now. But that thumb's definitely affected him. I mean, uh, I know we all get a chance to look at that game on Sunday. <laughs> and that's the worst game I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play Absolutely. in his life. Uh, but there's some throws where I just wonder he didn't have the arm strength. There was a fourth and goal where they tried to slip the left tackle who's got a bad ACL into space. And he didn't get a lot of depth, but Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it to the back of the end zone. And then he threw it into the neck of his left guard one time on a slant route, which was very odd. Uh, it, that was the first game even this year. And also in a dome there with no you know outside conditions. It was the first game this year where I thought his arm strength was an issue. And I think that's grip on the ball because you catch him holding his thumb a lot. And he gets hit a little bit, too. I mean, he's under fire quite a bit. I thought for sure that was going to be his get-right game. I really did. The Lions, he owns them 18-3 uh, and three in games he starts and finishes against them before that game. And the way he looked in there, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers play that way against the Lions. And so I was going to give it another week. You know, they were running four game losing streak. I was like, let's, let's see what happens against the lions. Everything will straighten itself out there. And he looked that bad against them and that awful defense, that one win lions team, man, th this has to be rock bottom for, for the Aaron Rodgers I've seen. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is like, as I've kind of watched this week unfold, um, it's funny. Cause you see Aaron Rodgers look that way. You look at the injury report that the Packers have, um, they're, they've lost five straight Cowboys coming off a of bye week. And it's just funny what this man has done to Cowboys fans, because I have never seen Cowboys fans this nervous about an opponent that looks this down in the dumps, just because of what his history is against this team. Uh, it, it, it's downright comical actually. Just, just, you know, the way, like you would, you know, like John, like you said, like you should be looking your chops almost for, for yeah. an opponent that looks this way. And yet I think Cowboys fans just have such PTSD from from everything, whether it's, you know, the pass on the sideline or just, you know, the Descotic game, whatever. There's just so much PTSD that it's uh that that it's it's honestly it's kind of funny. I completely understand it though. Yeah, me too. Because as much as that the Cowboys fans might feel that way about him, Lions fans feel that a thousand times more because they're playing him twice every single season and he's owning them. One, two, on that very same weekend, you saw Tom Brady 
and then the Bucs not look very good, and they get a chance to win the game, and he comes down and looks like old Tom Brady. And Aaron Rodgers had that same opportunity against the Lions. And I still thought, I was texting with KT, I was like, he'll he'll march them down there, they'll beat the Lions, and that'll be what it is. And I will tell you this right now, no matter how bad he's played up until this point, if it is a one-score game in Lambeau on Sunday, and he has the ball, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're going to be scared that he's going right down there, and he's, gonna, and he's either going to tie the game, or he's going to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I understand there's almost like a, a feeling of, man, if they would have beat Detroit, maybe like there's a, less desperation. Right. That is the most angry I've ever seen him on a field too. Yeah. And, and mad at himself for playing terrible. Um, but there's something going on there as well. They are as desperate as they've ever been. The other injuries are important. I mean, Rashawn Gary, you could argue, is a top 15 player in the uh, league defensively, uh, if not top 10. Uh, Eric Stokes hurt on the outside, and then their wide receivers is the big difference. This is where this is where I want to get real with everyone. And I know people are going to say, "Okay, oh, T, you follow the Packers, and you're too close to the sun." Blah blah blah. Look, here's what you need to know: five and a half points. Gambling advice from me, KT. Bet the house. The Cowboys are going to murder this team because here's the difference: the difference in every in all of these games in which Aaron Rodgers has played the Cowboys. Here's the difference. The Packers were a better team than the Cowboys in almost all of those instances. Okay? This is one where they are not. And it's not close. And I'm trying to, like, be a guy who's like, oh, you're just saying that because your team sucks. No, I'm just telling you, this Packers team has got nothing. They're cooked. They can't get open. There's internal turmoil going on right now between the quarterback and the head coach. Who calls the plays? The offensive line is shoddy. The defense talks a lot of game. They don't do much. This this is an easy win. Let's just start getting ready for the Vikings. What if Rodgers gets back with Shailene Woodley in the next couple days? Does that change your thoughts? Okay, so maybe he has time to go on a little of an ayahuasca journey, you're saying. Let's do this. I mean, let's not rule any of this stuff out. Also, what's going that. on with the most recent haircut he's sporting? I think that's the reason they're three and six. Whoa, does I that think thing the look bad? Is like, I'm not going to play hard for this guy. That is a bad haircut. That I mean, um, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can. You, you know what? Also, I think though, John, and I'm being, I'm just speaking from the heart, trying to be as realistic as I can be here. So look, the Des Cotton game, it's tough, right? And I think that sticks with you. The Jared Cook play, that sticks with you. I get it. You know what the game that everyone forgets about? It's the Matt Flynn game where you were up 31 to 3 and you ended up losing 35 to 31. All right. Aaron Rodgers was not a part of that. Aaron Rodgers was not a part of that heartbreak. Thanksgiving affair. Yeah. Well, 2016 is definitely, I thought, I thought the Cowboys uh, were a better team than the Packers in 2016. I really did. Uh, The way that they were rolling, uh, you know, they got the home playoff game and even the way they were playing in that game, the, the, the Des catch game. I, I, you can give Des that touchdown. I still think the Packers just come down and score and win that game. I, after, I, agree. I mean, playing at home, uh, t- to be honest with you, overturning Des's catch to me being at that game and just the way that game was going, that wasn't even the most critical play to me. The most critical play in that game is when DeMarco, DeMarco. Murray was straight, was stripped by Julius Peppers. I mean, that's, that changed all the momentum in that game. And they were trying to steal that game there. Whereas 2016, the, the Cowboys were a better team. That team should have went to the NFC championship game. Uh, and, and for them, one, for, for Jeff Heath to get such a clean hit and that ball not to come out. And then two, 
just that type of throw that he had to put on a rope on the sideline to, to Jared Cook. And then still on top of that, that Mason Crosby field goal, just the way it comes off his leg, it just kind of all over the place, and you're still like, and it barely sneaks it in. There were just so many things that happened in that game. So 2016 will stand out for me as the one where I'm like, man, they, they should have won that game. I think I had yeah. the wrong game. I, I That was 2013 on Matt Flynn. Yeah. It was 37-36. Mm-hmm. Right. But don't. Don't don't worry about that. Like mm-hmm. that one, Aaron had nothing to do with. That's not like uh, the guy your radio show with uh, Jeff Cavanaugh was talking about how he still fears Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is the boogeyman for him. And I'm like, yeah, should be. Yo, Alan Lazard. He's by the way, you know what he's really good at, guys? Blocking. How many blocking wide receivers are number one wide receivers in the league? That's about it. Yeah, I mean that's there what is he that- is. There is that belief, though, that you've watched, you know, whether it's Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Well, I should say Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes is getting into that category for me where it's almost like, I don't know, you can give him bad receivers and he can even make these guys look good. But this is the first time where I've seen him even, you know, he doesn't have obviously Devontae Adams or a, you know, a Jordy Nelson or a Greg Jennings. So I understand it's, but there is that belief that you've watched him do this for so long that even he can, I'm not saying make okay receivers look great. But you, you get this impression you can make okay receivers look good. Because no offense to Alan Lazard, but Alan Lazard and the Lions, and nobody is, does even knows his, you know his name. You know Alan yeah. Lazard. I'll give you two people. Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan. You know their names because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but sure. John, to, you know, I'll also add to this, like, there, there is a limit even to Aaron Rodgers' greatness where, right. you know, it runs out. And and I'll, I'll say this. You're, you're a Lions guy, KT's Packers, right? I grew up watching the Patriots. 2012-2013, that time when Tom Brady's number one receiver was supposed to be Aaron Dobson and Kembrell Tompkins was supposed to be the guy. Um, and, like, you know, Julian Edelman was still there, but this is when they jetsoned Randy Moss. And Tom Brady, I don't know if you guys remember – that game against the Jets in the rain when he just is absolutely throwing a tantrum on the sideline because Aaron Dobson can't run a route. Um, and, and so, you know, and I think Gronk was coming off of an injury. He wasn't playing, whatever. So we, and that's prime Tom Brady. That, that was prime Tom Brady. And he was like that. So I think, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, you know, I, I hear you. Like, you know, we talked last, last podcast, like we all think he's the best, best quarterback in the game, best player in the game. But the Chiefs haven't put him in that position. Like, they got rid, rid of Tyreek Hill, and then they went and got, ironically, Valdez Scantling, um, Sammy Watkins, or uh, sorry, they got Sammy Watkins before, but Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, now they got, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony. Like, even if they're not elite guys or top-level guys, they keep trying to replenish um, with something. The Packers just stopped trying. Like, they heard all the criticism, how no first-round picks were spent to support Aaron Rodgers, and then they just went absolutely berserk and just stopped trying at all. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and the position is clearly the most important in, in football, and I I don't think anybody's ever played it at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers has. And so because of that, you just it's hard to sit here and, and just automatically dismiss that he's not playing well. So that, 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 this player we've seen is the one that you're going to see on Sunday. I know that just from being in the locker room today, nobody in, nobody in that team feels that way. There's nobody on the Cowboys that are just like, yeah, no, he doesn't look like the same guy. Like they're going to be preparing for the Aaron Rodgers. That's, you know, cut up the league for the, for the better part of more than a decade. 
he's really been good all year. I mean, the stats won't necessarily show it because it's hard for stats to show good things when you don't have playmakers. Um, but last week against Detroit is kind of an anomaly of last season. And I know it's wild because Cowboys bye week, maybe Cowboys fans get a chance to stop by and watch that game very closely and go, oh, my God, Rodgers has lost it, you know. Uh, I mean, all it takes is – you know how narratives can get spun very quickly in this world. You can see Josh Allen overthrow, overthrow a guy one time who's wide open and go, oh, my God, Josh Allen's trash now. It's like, no, that's not how it works. It was a bad game for Aaron Rodgers. Overall, he's been pretty good. He can still make a lot of those throws. I do think the thumb's a big issue. And this is where my other, you know, I feel like we do this every single week in our preview podcast. The Packers were supposed to have a good offensive line. They were counting on Bakhtiari being back at full strength, which Bakhtiari's kind of turned into a Tyron Smith type. Misses a lot of time. When he's in there, he's pretty good. He can chug a hell of a beer, though. He can chug a beer at a Bucks game. There's no doubt. Four quarters? Eh, you might not get four quarters out of him. Elton Jenkins coming back from ACL hasn't worked out, and then they're shuffling guys in the middle and have been all year. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. Oh, yeah, those guys still exist. And I feel like that's another just another week where we're going to go, well, advantage, Cowboys, pass rush. And you know, you know what can beat the Cowboys this week? It ain't Aaron Rodgers. What can beat the Cowboys this week is the Cowboys, and that's it. Fumbles, turnovers, penalties, not giving Tony Pollard the ball enough. Good Lord. Well, what about this, something? KT? You uh, you obviously know the Packers pretty well, and the, the thing that they have in common with the Cowboys outside of, obviously, their head coach, uh, Cowboys coach being Mike McCarthy, but they're also this draft and develop, so I need to ask you this. What have you thought of these three individuals, if they're draft and develop, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and Christian Watson. All three in the top 34 picks. Christian Watson gets hurt every time he gets touched. Okay? So if he gets tackled, he will be slow to get up. Now, he did have a concussion. There's a reason when he got tackled last week, he kind of stayed down on the ground and they pulled him out of the game. If you get the ball in his hand, he's dangerous. The only thing they've been able to do, though, is use him on reserve, uh, like reverses. Almost a tall, skinny, fast Kevontae Turpin. How the That's Cowboys fun. have used him on offense. They haven't really tried to throw him the ball since week one, the first pass attempt of the year where he was wide open on a deep ball and it went through his hands and Aaron Rodgers put him in the doghouse. So nothing there. Thought that was going to help out. Um, Romeo Dobbs hurt his ankle and it looks like he's probably going to miss the game Sunday, I believe. And that was killer because Romeo Dobbs has been okay. A lot of drops, but he's been okay. Devontae Wyatt. He's a depth defensive line piece. He was developmental. He's they were drafting him for next year. You know, yeah. Quay Walker. He's been exposed at times, but he's a decent player and better than what they've had at middle linebacker. But think, you know, think. Uh, I'll just try to put this in Cowboys terms. He brings you the good things that Van Der Esch will bring you sometimes, and he gives you the bad things that Van Der Esch gives you sometimes. That's my, you know, through a few games. Yeah. Oh, I brought it up because I think they should have packaged two of those picks and moved up and got like Chris Olave. I just think you're in a lot better shape right now if you do a move like that and you give, I think Aaron's in a better mood. Uh, I, I think that, and again, I, I know you brought up the thumb thing, but I, I, I keep going back to, I don't think the weapons are there to even, they're not even adequate. You know, Saad brings up the, the Patriots thing. I don't know that Tom ever played with the weapons as bad as what Aaron's got right now. Cause I feel like he's always had at least one guy 
now maybe there was guys out all injured, but this is what they've given Aaron Rodgers. It's bad. Like it's not you're not even trying. Like you're just like no 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 you're you're cool. Like just go out there. If you would have moved up and got like an Alave who would have made an impact immediately right away. Again, I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams, but this team's got at least two more wins. You're you're absolutely right about that. Like I think you know the that's the key thing is the Packers just stop trying because even when to your point, I'm talking about those Patriots of 2012. Gronk was still there. He was just yeah. hurt. Like you know they 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 had plans in place. Like Julian Edelman was still there and playing, and he was a dependable guy. They just got in a situation where everyone was hurt. And then they were signing Austin Colley off the street and and putting him out there against the Saints. But, you know, like you're right. The Packers just stopped trying, though. It's kind of wild throughout his whole entire career. They haven't really put one of those like really elite tight ends with him at all. Like you look at a lot of these other great quarterbacks at some point, whether it's like Dallas Clark with Peyton Manning, obviously Gronk with Tom Brady. Um, I don't know that Drew Brees maybe really had an elite. I guess he had Jimmy Graham for a little bit. But there's not a tight end that. The Packers have had, I feel like, with Aaron Rodgers, that's been anything more than like a Jared Cook. Where, I mean, am I forgetting about somebody? I mean, I know they went and well, got I mean, Jimmy, yeah, Graham, Jimmy Graham, Richard, but Richard I mean, that Rogers was not was another one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, nobody know. that nobody that you're like Darren Waller or, or Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey or somebody that's you're like, yeah, you know, the league wouldn't let him do that trade. That was, I mean, the Devontae Adams trade was for Darren Waller. Yeah, and the league shut it down because those were the rules. Uh, and then they swooped back in to say, hey, is Waller around? It didn't really work out. They had Chase Claypool, and I don't think he makes much a, a, a difference on that yeah. team. I think he's a good player. I think he helps. Yeah, um, he helps for sure. And, and this is a this I, is a wild thing too because the the Steelers said, "Well, we think the Bears are going to finish worse than the Packers because the Packers offered a second, the Bears offered a second and a fourth. Yeah, and the Steelers said, "Well, we think the Packers will turn it around and win some games. Right? Well, I don't know, <laughs> like." Seeing the yeah. Bears kind of start to figure it out just a little bit by letting Justin Fields run 15 times a game. So that that's very interesting. The other guy, like you mentioned, uh, Jared Cook, like maybe a little bit of that, but he was hurt. They knew Cobb was going to get hurt. It's pretty unexcusable. It, yeah, it really but is in- real, real quick, KT, just the, the tight end. I think the best tight end prospect that he probably had was probably Jermichael Finley uh, early mm-hmm. on in his career, which – like, you know, they thought that was going to be like Jimmy Graham before Jimmy Graham type guy, um, like Tony Gonzalez, you know, like, ba- you know, basketball player that kind of went. I think at that time they also had like Donald Lee, who was pretty good. But uh, yeah, but but I, but I think I think that was way early on in his career. They drafted though, the and- kid from A&M, too. What was his name? Sternberger? He was Sternberger. Yeah, he good. Yeah. Yeah. He was out of the quickly. league fast. Yeah. 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 Didn't know the playbook. Yeah. Goodbye. You're gone. Jermichael Finley, they would have signed, but he had a neck thing. Yeah. You know, and they were like, we can't give him a contract. And mm-hmm. he was actually one of the guys. Him and Greg Jennings are the two guys to like publicly kind of trash Rodgers in the media. Yeah. And those other guys like him. I actually know a couple of people who have played with him. Uh, and they're all like Aaron. Like, I, I don't think uh, like uh, we can see Aaron, like hearing talk can be annoying sometimes um, and watching him. But I think those guys like him. You want to say about McCarthy? There's the, the great story in the athletic uh, this week from Matt Schneidman on. Aaron Rodgers' appreciation for Mike McCarthy, I thought was really good. Yeah. And I think that was like good answers when time is allowed to heal wounds and things like that. Like they were just two guys who'd been married too long. That's all that was. And and here we are. And I, I'm very fascinated with where do you guys think McCarthy stands in terms of like coach of the year type voting? Because I think that's that's something getting through the Cooper Rush days. 
he's got to be near the top of the list. I mean, I'm sure Sirianni's going to get some love, and I'm sure O'Connell's going to get some love with Minnesota. But man, I it's I don't know that it's it's complicated because I don't know the tangible things that Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy brings to the Cowboys. I know the stuff you can't measure, the behind the scenes stuff. But you know, I live in a day and age where I want my coach bringing something tangible to the offense. But you know, six and two when Cooper Rush is playing most of your games says enough. Absolutely, because if it was a like Micah Parsons was out and the defense was really hurting for a four or five game stretch, and that but Dan Quinn pieced it together. Dan Quinn would get all the credit for that. Literally, Mike McCarthy yeah. would get. But it's an offensive guy. It's the most important position, and you're able to weather that storm in a way that nobody ever expected. So he deserves a lot of credit for that, which is interesting because the front runner right now, at least by Vegas standards for coach of the year is Sirianni. And I think he's done a great job. I mean, you're the only undefeated team in football, but I don't know if he's more important than even Howie Roseman is. Cause I think Howie Roseman's a bigger reason for their success right now, because of the fact of the pieces that you go back to March and all the, like these last eight months, the moves he's made, I mean, he's had on almost all of them, the James Bradbury's, the AJ Browns, like, I mean, all the trades they did in the draft, uh, you know, he's been outstanding with, and there's so many other moves that they've made. Obviously they went and got Robert Quinn, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson. Like it gets to a point where you're like, well, I'm, I'm a big coach of the year guy on, on somebody who I think like, well, if you took this coach away, I don't know how this team would be doing this. And by those standards, it's gotta be Pete Carroll. Oh my God! Yes, maybe. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I end up get, see. No Bobby Wagner. Nine. Russell Russell Wilson's gone. He gets a rookie running back, and then it, they don't even. It's not even like he's. Oh well, you know they hit on a Patrick Mahomes draft pick type quarterback. No, they're bringing back Geno Smith, and he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Like what? It's 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 real strange. I'm, I'm sorry, get real quick. Are we past the line where? I should start taking teams seriously because I'm still not taking Seattle or the Giants seriously. And it's a lot of it's based on watching them play against each other two yeah. weeks ago. Boy, sure. Sunday morning in Munich is a very interesting game between the Bucks and the Seahawks. And there's NFC, you know, relevance yeah. there, but I'm still not to the point of taking the Giants or the Seahawks seriously. But maybe maybe I'm dumb. I mean, dude, the Cowboys head coach likes to pay honor to the great comedian Gallagher. And the Colts just who hired doesn't? a guy who doesn't, doesn't, uh, who's never played before. So I guess like things are wild all across the league at all. Never times. coached. He's played. He's played a lot. He's he's played. No, never he's really coached. coached. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's so odd. Is Saturday like? Was he literally just a fan, or was he like connected to their their coaching staff at all? Was he a guy they were calling to help them? Like how how is he going to go in and just head? Be the head coach. So he's he like, he was an advisor, advisor to their staff. There's like okay. former players on for different teams that do stuff. I know for the Lions, yeah. it's Chris Spielman. Uh, the Cowboys don't have that. But I mean, we did. This was a topic of discussion during practice today with some other reporters. And I was trying to go over what's the equivalent to the, for the Cowboys like this. And at first they said Troy Aikman, but it can't be Troy Aikman because he calls games. So then we were like, it's got to either be Michael Irvin or Marcus Spears. Can you imagine if Michael Irvin or Marcus Spears took over the Cowboys coaching job midseason, how wild Witten? that would be? Witten? Well, I was trying to go with somebody that's on TV right now. Okay, okay. Because okay. He was Wasn't TV. Sean Lee kind of yeah. in that role last year? He's not doing it anymore. Wasn't he kind of player? 
advisor type. No, type th- since McCarthy's come on, there really hasn't been a lot of that from Sean Lee. I thought Sean Lee was working for the team in some role, but I might be, I might be crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, you're probably right. Michael Irvin. I, I think Michael Irvin is still like, like too, too, uh, too much another way. Like, uh, like that would be like if Reggie Wayne or someone was brought in, like, I think Marcus Spears is dead on though. Like, I think you talk about a guy who's kind of like, you know, in the trenches, like, like, you know, when you talk, when you talk about those Colts teams, you don't think of Jeff Saturday until you get down the list. You're thinking Dallas Clark, Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. And like, you go down the list and then you get to Jeff Saturday. Um, but yeah, like Michael Irvin is still triplets, top three, like that type of guy. But yeah, this, I, I think Marcus Spears is, I hadn't thought of that, but I think that that's a really good comparison of what it would probably be like. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, I look at the AFC and I'm looking at the Dolphins or the Jets. If either of those teams come on and make the playoffs, I think they could be some coach of the year conversation happening there. Considering what the Jets were last year, if they end up making the playoffs, they're four and zero on the road yeah. right now. That's an amazing story. Yeah, you know, and the Dolphins got through some weeks without Tua, and I mean Mike McDaniel's awesome. The way McDaniel's come in there and revitalize them seems that seems like a story worthy of coach of the year because I think about when Jason Garrett won it. He just basically got them to the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, no, they, I mean, they like, had a long. I mean, they won eleven games in a row at that point, and that's why I'm telling you, Sirianni will win it. I think that they finished fifteen yeah. and two, and I think they'll have the number one overall seed, the best record in football, and so he'll he'll be the one that wins Coach of the Year. Sure. Yeah. I can oh see yeah. I can oh yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, oh, KT yeah. wanted to ask you how much of what what's going on with the Packers goes back to the 2020 NFL draft pick 26 in the first round Jordan Love quarterback from Utah State if that's a if that's a wide receiver let's see who, who was on the board then T Higgins Michael Pittman Jr LaVisca Chenault Chase Clay before we get a, a very educated answer from KT I'm going to give my Brandon Ayuk was the pick right before that so okay. I'm just going to give my own opinion on a personality here with people like Aaron Rodgers, 
I feel like they'll just always find something. So yes. if you yeah. got him the wide receiver, there'll be something else. That you didn't re-sign Devontae or you didn't get the coach that I like. And there's just always gonna be something. And I thought about that <laughs> when I read when I read Matt's piece where you know everything was all rainbows and butterflies. Me and Mike used to hug and da da da. There's no question he wanted Mike gone. And if you look back on it, okay, I understand things started getting rocky there, but they had a hell of a run year after year after year making the playoffs. And a lot of people would look at that and be like, man, that seems pretty great. But, and, and, I, and I shouldn't say just necessarily in the personality, because I think there's a competitor side to it where I see some of that in Tom Brady too, where you're going to, there's always probably going to be something that gets under your skin. Someone's disrespecting yeah. you. Some, it helps to kind of propel you. So I get what you're saying. They don't draft Jordan Love. That probably sits better with him. But he would find some Brian Brom type guy they take in the third round and be like, oh, you draft the quarterback in the third round? Ooh. Aaron, he's never going to replace you. Just go out there and play. You're one of the greatest players ever. Like, he'll always find, like, he doesn't go to these yeah. practices and watch Jordan Love and go, geez, guys, really? This is, you're, I'm supposed to be worried about this? If that was, I mean, if this this has, the issue's been, we haven't had a number one for the past four years. If they draft a number one there that works, what kind of a ripple effect does that have? I mean, the, the Devontae Adams thing too, let me just say this first, never make trades in this business for personal reasons. Devontae Adams wanted gone. Why did Devontae Adams want gone? Not because he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers, because he didn't want to go through another offseason without having a long-term contract of Aaron Rodgers doing the Brett Favre flippy-floppy bit. I mean, is he going to retire or is he not? I don't know. And Adams is like, you know what? I got family in Las Vegas and Derek Carr wants me to go there. I just built a house, got some land. Yeah. I'll just get out of Green Bay, not sign a five-year deal. I'll sign He's the deal with probably a better quarterback. We played at Fresno together. Nah, I don't know if you Just thought kidding. that. I'm kidding. I think they got along. I think he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go and sign my long-term uh, life up to Jordan Love. Here's the difference. And That's working out well, by the way, in, in Las Vegas. They're doing a tremendous job. That's what I'm saying. Both trades are, are meant to be win-wins for both teams. This is a trade that was made for personal reasons, not for business reasons. Also, one thing that I do want to point out on this topic also, John mentioned that piece with Matt. Uh, and, you know, when you look at the one quote that kind of like not stuck out most to me, but really stuck out was when was he's the one talking about, about the ayahuasca? Michael, like clear. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was it was the quote where uh, where he's talking about like, you know, like, John, you mentioned that, you know, clearly he wanted Mike McCarthy gone. Right. Like he like th- that that happened. And then like he's talking about it and uh, and he brings up like how like people in charge make decisions. And then he was like. You know, that happened with Mike a couple years later. Obviously, they drafted my replacement, too. Like, he brought up yep. Jordan Love again, um, unprompted, and, and he made it sound like the people higher up wanted Mike McCarthy gone, when clearly he wanted Mike McCarthy gone, too. Yeah, This is a homework assignment for every listener out there. You can find it if you, or somehow. It's got to be out there. 2018, it is Packers-Cardinals. It's Lambeau Field. The Packers are three and eight going into that game. They lose, go to three and nine. McCarthy is fired. Joe Philbin takes over. Watch the game closely. Watch it from this perspective. Is Aaron Rodgers trying to get his head coach and play caller fired? Man, because I thought that, that on is, Sunday, man. I thought that watching the game on I, Sunday. Some of his throws, this, some of the things he did, man. I was hey, like, is he trying to get somebody replaced here? I, I actually think he and LaFleur get along well, but I'm questioning it more than ever now. Watch that game from 2018, and you'll see. Now, one thing that Aaron knows how to do 
is he knows how to turn it on for the media. One thing, oh, yeah. I think him and McCarthy are similar in some ways in that McCarthy's not the most accountable guy at times. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that'll go blame the playoff loss yeah. on the refs. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy that'll bow up and be like, hey, I've got a good quarterback room and I've been a successful head coach in this league for a long time. And he has. But hey, you know what's I amazing? thought you were going to bring up that Bengals game in 2017 where he's like, stupid fucking call. Stupid yeah. fucking call when he looked it's over at Mike McCarthy on the sideline. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And he I just does, can't he imagine to- Dak doing that. I can't imagine, you know. No. Like, there's just a lot of quarterbacks. I can't imagine them saying that to the head coach like that. Yeah, and LaFleur is – he's doing that to LaFleur now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the F was that? And, and stuff like that. I don't know where it is. This very much reminds me of when things were weird in 2007 and 2008 in Green Bay. 2007 season happens. You went to the NFC Championship game. Brett Favre throws an interception to the blue team, the Giants. He saw the jerseys out there and said, I'll throw it to the blue team. I don't know if you guys know or not, Brett Favre's not the sharpest guy on this planet. So, go to the <laughs> offseason, Brett Favre's like, I'm going to retire. And 2008, in March, he comes back, and Brett Favre's like, hey, I'll come back. And Mike McCarthy, because there is no Jerry Jones, there is no GM that likes to talk in Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy you know, has to go, hey, we're moving forward with Aaron. Now, Mike McCarthy was also on the staff in San Francisco in 2005 that selected Alex Smith first over Aaron Rodgers. So there's so many layers to this onion. But, you know, the Packers after this year will have to make the decision to pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option. They also have Aaron Rodgers under contract. But there's a chance Aaron Rodgers just quits, and that's why Devontae Adams isn't here. And quite frankly, that's why you don't have any wide receivers. It's all – it's a mess that he's made for himself. Tom Brady kind of in that same boat. LeBron James kind of in that same boat. These guys have made a little messes, and they're the ones who kind of coordinated it. Yeah. At least a lot of it. Hey, one other yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say, KT, the, the example that you're bringing up, if 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 you're going to bring that, bring up a parallel to that, I think it's when LaFleur uh, kicked the field goal there in the playoffs instead of instead of, uh, instead of of going for it. I think that was the moment. That was Aaron Rodgers just – just left at that moment. I I imagine Aaron Rodgers thinks about that every day, you know? Uh, but we got to get our predictions in here. Let's get them going. We'll start with you, Saad. Let's get it going. Actually, Saad, uh, I've got you at five and three on the year. Where are you at this week? Give me the Cowboys to win 27-23. Oh, my God. Okay, Kent, you're at four and four on the year. Make it a run, though. Mm. You've gotten hot the last two weeks. What do we got? I'll take yeah. I'll take your advice, KT. I'll give Dallas. Oh, I'll, I, I'm feeling kind of a Bears score. This one, just give me the same prediction I had for that one. Thirty-three seventeen. I think is what I what I had for that. I'm going Cowboys thirty-eight ten. John, I'm going to go Cowboys twenty-four Packers fourteen. Also, real quick, I got to run, but uh, yep. man. This Odell Beckham stuff is really heating up. I mean, anybody you ask in the locker room, they're all for this. So Zeke today was all about it. Micah was all about it. We're going to get Dak on Thursday. I imagine he'll say some positive things. I mean, it's full steam ahead. Like, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I've never seen this from the Cowboys up to this point. Not from players all saying this. So they're certainly they're certainly getting their pitches out too. We've already heard Mike McCarthy talk highly about, you know, Jerry's keeping it rolling. Uh, so there's there's a lot of momentum here. Maybe there's never, it's never seemed so close to them, right? There you go. Like, 
this is a good team. So, here we go. Well, there he goes. That is Father John Mashoda at John Mashoda. Give him a follow. Make sure you're following all his content. Saad Yusuf, of course, covering the stars as well. Um, and also, if you missed us too, earlier in the week, we had another podcast, kind of a midway point. So make sure you check out that one if you happen to miss that as well. For our producer, Kent Garrison, I'm Kevin Turner. We'll see you after the game on Sunday at Lambeau Field on About Them Cowboys. No one should ever have to witness something that shocking. Let's see it again.